I am a wayfarer on the waking way just like you. Years ago, in a time of despair, I was given cause to consider my small place in the whole of creation. The old questions that have perplexed us for ages were haunting me as well. Why are we here? Must there be a reason for our existence? How do we balm our sufferings, enlighten our minds, and awaken our hearts? Are there powers, energies, and realities just beyond our ability to comprehend them? Like a new day rising, a fervor to understand these things illuminated my inner east. The discoveries along the way have been manifold, malleable, and colorful. Like a kaleidoscope, the teachings and practices I have gathered continue to shift and bend, imprinting on the textures of daily life just as it is. My ministry arrives in the form of sharing this extremely personal, varied, sacred, ordinary way with you. Let us traverse this landscape together as siblings. I pray you will join me for a time. I am your brother Oren, and this is my witness to the wisdom cry of the Dawn Deacon. Thanks for coming on this walk with me today. It's September 2nd, 2021. Today is a anniversary in my life. An important day. Today, six years ago, close to 3.30 a.m., my mother called me to tell me that the ICU unit had called to tell her that my father passed away. If you follow me at all or are connected to any of the signals that I put out, then you probably already know a little about him. In fact, I've taken you with me to his memorial on this very podcast. Normally, the anniversary falls on a weekend, a Saturday or a Sunday, and I'm able to get up before sunrise and go out to his memorial on a country road near the home that he built that I grew up in. His marker that I erected out there faces the rising sun across the pasture. I've always enjoyed that time reminds me of that morning actually getting up at 3.30 and gathering my resolve to get dressed and drive north to see my mother I remember the sun on that morning just peeking over the horizon in the east but today I couldn't do that. We're in the middle of school week. And I have responsibilities in the morning to my children. And so today I did not go to his memorial and decided to take this walk. This is a season of grief. Not just because of my father's passing, but several people 
usually starts on the 1st of August when I go to visit the memorial of a dear friend who's been with me for most of my life. In truth, she's still, even now, my oldest friend knows me better than I know myself. And then we move through the grief of natural disasters. Many times our coastal region has been affected in dramatic ways usually in August and September and again this year the people of Louisiana and her coast are struggling yet again September another difficult time for our country as we recall the horrors and shock of September 11th. I recall that day well. I can clearly remember my thoughts, my confusion, my mind trying to reason with what it was seeing. And then the results of that event the galvanization of the country the entry into the theater of war yet again in Iraq and Afghanistan and now as we finally leave Afghanistan after 20 years even more pain and death and suffering violence and sorrow and then we enter into the loss of my father-in-law last year and his birthday Painful reminders of a grief that we did not expect so soon. And it ends in December when I celebrate the birthday of my dear friend that I celebrate in August on the day of her passing. And even that day, while it is a day of new birth, is firmly married to what could have been a great grief and tragedy. As someone I hold dear attempted suicide on that very day, as I was visiting my friend's memorial. This word, a season, these words, a season of grief settled on me yesterday. I wrote them down in my prayer book. And as I was doing so and thinking about this day, this season, I learned of the loss of a woman in our community who died. COVID-19, the wife of a man that I believe to be tender and kind, who 
was an integral part of a highly impactful retreat I participated in several years ago. And while I no longer consider myself active in the religion that produced that retreat doesn't mean that I hold ill will of any kind to the man or his family. And so this morning I wrote his name in my prayer book and the name of his family and yet again the city's affected by the recent hurricane landfall. I say I write these names and these events in my prayer book. And I do want to talk about that today, specifically about prayer. We live in a world that is just inundated with communication tools, written letters, emails, social media, with public and somewhat private direct messaging abilities. Each person with these tools has the potential to affect billions of people. Not all of us do. They can be used for good. They can be used to cause great harm. And in some ways, when they're fused to ideas like prayer, they can cause delusion. I even find myself getting confused as I walk right now and think about this. How can I, someone who claims to pray, cast doubt on prayer? If you asked me if I believe in prayer or if I believe that prayer works, the truth is that only generates more questions for me. What does that mean for a prayer to work? So I thought that I would talk about prayer simply from the perspective of my own life and how I pray. When I pray, it's mostly in an attempt to change me. When I pray for peace in the world, when I pray for healing, I don't pray for a miracle. I don't pray for some outside, supernatural, mystical, metaphysical force to take away the suffering. I pray that I become an instrument that could alleviate pain, offer comfort, and work towards ending suffering. That sounds arrogant to some. Who am I to think that I can do anything? Who am I? Am I special? And the answer to that is absolutely not. No more special than any other living thing on this planet. 
or that has ever lived on this planet. For me, prayer is turning my heart toward God. And even that, even that sentence could mean thousands of different things to different people. And what I mean when I say I'm turning my heart toward God is that I mean I want my heart to be more open and to love in a broader capacity. It's difficult. I simply want to change me. And by changing me, I change those around me. And slowly we change the world. This is long, long, long work with often little to show for it, at least on time scales that run parallel to the length of our lives. This used to bother me. All this suffering and inability to do anything about it. I still feel it in a very heavy, real way. But the reality is, with so much calamity and pain in every direction, almost all we can do is pray to change ourselves tenderize our hearts open our minds but prayer is not that way for everyone I've watched many pray as praise as an honoring or a worshiping Then I've watched others use prayer almost as a magic spell. Prayer to change things, to bend things to our will. Or to beg for the healing of another. I don't subscribe to that hierarchy that would have to exist for the begging prayerful to see the results that they wish for. There's simply too much suffering in the world and too much unfruitful prayer. Essentially asking for some external force to make right what we've wronged. When we ourselves, by changing, could do the good work to make right all that we've wronged. I find praying the way that I pray... to experience the world in a different way. To want to touch the earth lighter. To use less of her resources. To see siblinghood and other creatures. To feel in relationship with plants. And to actually perceive myself and other human beings not as special or sent or on mission but instead a part of a symphony with different sounds rising and falling along the way and sometimes it's our moment 
for a solo and other times it's our time to blend our sounds and create a new sound as a part of the whole I suppose that's what I pray for but there's an ugly side to prayer it's an ugly side because I saw it with the loss of this woman in our community you know and how could you not that we are in the midst of an evolving pandemic and in the United States alone over 600,000 citizens have died from the virus or from complications related to it we know what works distancing smart interactions protective equipment and now a free life-saving vaccine that scientists have been working on for years long before the arrival of COVID-19 and its current variants or strains There's a rhetoric that emerged early in the pandemic, as you all know, a resistance to facts, an embracing of conspiracy, a rise of a faux patriotism. that equates anything asked of us to help our fellow citizens live through these difficult times as an attack on personal freedom. Unfortunately, the woman who passed away was a member of that camp. I watched, sadly, and with remorse, and really, really great sorrow, as members of our faith community would gather to, quote, storm heaven, end quote with prayers what does this mean there's this concept I've talked about in the past that I've called heaven jail if you subscribe to the idea that there is a heavenly realm a place of peace and love a place where the Spirit of God dwells. A place where angels never stop singing. And believers never stop worshiping. And saints live in communion. To think that pitiful, sad, Worried spouses, family members, children of someone dying feels that they must beg and storm the gates of this heaven is absolutely gut-wrenching to me. Begging 
begging for a miracle. And then when that miracle doesn't come, simply saying it was all part of the plan. That we just don't understand it. I'm a servant to the mystery. I fully accept the mystery. And that I alone don't know anything. But watching people gather in pain and hope and using prayers as spells and objects as talismans with any power at all to change outcomes disturbs me. It disturbs me because it creates the possibility of justification. And it leaves a hatch, an escape hatch, always for the devout when the spells and talismans don't work to say, well, it was a part of the plan. When the facts are before us very clearly that just a little precaution simple actions the slightest amount of protective equipment in this case a thin piece of fabric and a vaccine all those things combined simply removes the need to storm or petition heaven we're not at a protest and that's what it feels like when I hear these things protesting picketing heaven help us help us when we've been given the great gift especially as human beings to make healthy helpful choices for our neighbors our family members if we all did it it would change our community our country and all the nations of the world but this is not what we do We accept misery and death in the name of religion because this world doesn't matter and another world is coming. And to hell with this one. And to hell with anybody who wants that in this life. Something curious to me that I noticed when I was a young boy when I would hear people talk about this new world of coming all the paintings all the images on the Sunday bulletin or that hung in the lobby or that were in the classrooms or that are a part of every meme that we send in that vein. What's in the background? Rivers, mountains, sunrises, caverns, canyons, 
fields, oceans, eagles. rain, storms, it makes absolutely no sense to me that we will use those things to express this heavenly land, this world to come, this place we're apparently petitioning, we have to petition for there to be action. This place that's supposedly better. And yet we use images from this very world. That we use and abuse. Filled with people that we hurt. As the example. This idea. I remember when I was a boy, I spent a lot of time with my dad. He owned a entertainment chain of video stores, rent movies, video games, collectibles, ice cream, playground, pool tables, things like that. At one point, I remember him adding an adult video section. In the town where he had placed his first store, there was a uproar from the religious elite about this adult film section. To be honest, I didn't really understand, but I was always a pretty perceptive child and would listen to the conversations. One evening, on Sunday evening, we had stopped at a local restaurant to pick up some fried chicken to bring home. and placed our order and a large crowd came in after their church services had ended. My father was talking to what I could only assume was the pastor. And they shook hands and smiled. It was obvious that they knew each other. And it seemed friendly then with a smile the pastor put his hand on my father's shoulder and said brother just wanted to let you know we're all praying for you was my dad sick I was a little surprised to hear someone say they're praying for you the only times I'd ever really heard that was when someone had an illness or it had a loss. I looked at my dad's face and I could tell by his reaction that he was a little surprised. But he was also hot-tempered and I could see something else under the surface. He knew something I didn't know. Something else about these words. We're praying for you and what they might mean. He said, oh yeah. Why is that? The pastor said, well, we're just praying for you that you'll end your sinful ways and that God will shut down that sinful adult video section in your business. This was an old pain for my dad as I come to learn the shunning 
that he experienced as a younger man by the religion of his parents. So my dad did something pretty extreme. He got down on his knees and he said, put his hands in there and he said, God, my brother here wants my sinful ways to end. God, just, if that's your will to end my sinful ways, just strike me down. Strike me down and we'll just wait. And I don't know how long he stayed on his knees right there with his hands in the air, his eyes up to the sky. I remember the pastor being aghast. This is happening in front of a portion of his congregation. Feels like it was forever. Dad closed his eyes for a time. I saw something on his face. I've thought about it a lot through my life. Was it comedy? Or was it sincerity? On some level, I thought he was making a joke. But the longer he stayed, the more resolute he became, the more I realized there was something else going on. There was actually a type of seriousness there. But, regardless of what was going on, I'll really never know. I can't ask my dad. He's gone. But I remember him opening his eye, just one like he was peeking, looked around. No lightning fell from the sky. It wasn't struck down. He got up, we got our food, and we left, and it was quiet. I watched my father use prayer like a spell to call down the thunders of heaven on a sinful man himself. And he waited and the thunders of heaven didn't come. Somehow, at that moment, I realized that that would not be the way I would pray. Listen, my friends, if we are surrounded by heavenly hosts, If on some other plane, some other reality, there are saints congregating and watching us. If our loved ones are in the pure land, this heavenly place, and they see us. That is absolutely okay. It's comforting to believe that. And it comforts, has comforted people throughout the ages. But to feel the need to beg and cast spells in the form of prayer sets those that we pray to in a place of value that we ordinary creatures simply do not have and that's a painful outlook a painful perspective 
Instead, please let us pray to change ourselves. Let us pray that we can make space in our hearts for one another. Let us pray that doctors and teachers and physicians and nurses and caregivers and cooks and builders continue to be born in the world with a desire to do those things better and in more harmony with the earth and its creatures and its people that these people born into this world have even greater intelligence to use as a gift to create life-saving vaccines to help us navigate through these times of environmental change and calamity to develop new social systems some that are outside of what we think we can comprehend today that allow human beings to live in equality and not see each other as simply production resources in a way today as I talk to you on this walk I consider this a type of prayer if someone asked me what did you do this morning I wouldn't say I made a podcast went for a walk I went and prayed this is prayer by talking about these things and contemplating them and turning my heart toward them in my mind the great wish is that I change my great wish for you is the same that by hearing this prayer you too may have that good morning I have a long way to go before I am ever the type of man that I dream I could be. A good provider, a consoler, a listener, a healer, a creative, Someone with useful skill. And even someone with passion. Someone with hope. I want to be that person. And so this is why I pray this way. I don't ask angels, higher beings... To wave a mystical hand over my crown and change me, I ask simply that I have the capacity to change and that I do the work. And if prayer does that, this type of prayer, then I suppose that's a form of satisfaction. This season of grief feels different than it has before. Each year there seems to be something new added to the chain of experiences. 
last year, not long from now, I stood beneath a magnolia tree on a cool fall evening and thanked a town, a city, for always letting me bring my grief there. Letting me walk around her in prayer, contemplative prayer. Please, my friends, brothers and sisters, focus your prayers on changing what you can in meaningful, useful ways, right within your own life. Even your health can be a form of prayer. Your health of body, your health of mind. It's often said that St. Paul said to pray without ceasing. And so many are confused by that. What does that mean? To pray without ceasing. And I think it's confusing to many because I think it means to proclaim out loud special words or rituals is simply not the case we pray without ceasing when everything in our life is turned toward prayer For those who are losing loved ones still at the hands of the COVID-19 virus and its variants, I pray that their passing can be as peaceful as possible and that their loved ones encounter Comforters, consolers, healers, friends, brothers and sisters. I pray that those whose hearts have become hard in the past seven years will find some way to dissolve the crystallized salt that's forming around their spiritual heart. If I could offer advice to anyone who is dug in to conspiracies, and painful, hurtful misinformation. Get away for a while. Find natural spaces with flowing things, wind and water. And let your spiritual heart soak in those things. And enough time the salts will melt away. The light will shine through. Allow your prayer to change you. Just you. And when someone is in need, maybe your prayers change yourself will transform you into the blessing that they so desperately need and in that way perhaps you could be considered heaven sent 
will pass through this season of grief. I do believe that in this country, in this world. Hopefully, hopefully, prayerfully, I expect that we will learn from it. And unfortunately, I do expect that even if we learn from it, given enough time, we will pass this way again. May all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May all beings be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May all rejoice in the well-being of others. And may we all live in peace, free from greed and hatred. Brother Oren Parker is the producer and host of the Don Deacon and the Find the Good News podcast. As a licensed ecumenical minister, he practices universal spiritual accompaniment, offering a brother's ear to fellow seekers. Oren provides baptism, blessing, and union ceremonies, as well as tailored rituals to memorialize special occasions or blessings to sanctify personal spaces. Brother Oren also officiates weddings and funerals. For information or to contact Oren, visit findthegood.news or email oren at orenparker.com.